podcast. I'm Brian Wise, editor of the magazine. And my special guest in this podcast is Ricky Lee Jones, who has just released her 15th studio album, Pieces of Treasure, which not only explores her love of jazz, but also reunites her with producer Russ Tittleman, who produced her 1979 debut album and its follow-up, Pirates, in 1981. Of course, Jones has recorded jazz-oriented albums before, Girl at Her Volcano and Pop Pop, and in 1989 she was nominated for a Grammy in the Best Jazz Vocal Performance category for her rendition of Autumn Leaves from Rob Wasserman's Duets album, and a year later she won the same category for her duet with Dr. John on Making Whoopi. But the new album sees Jones delving into the American songbook for an entire album. Pieces of Treasure was recorded over five days at Sear Sound in Midtown Manhattan, and the studio ensemble consisted of Rob Mouncey on piano, guitarist Russell Malone, bassist David Wong, and drummer Mark McLean. I last spoke to Ricky Lee in 2021 about her memoir, Last Chance Texaco, Chronicles of an American Troubadour. So I was delighted to talk to her about music and caught up with her by Zoom at her home in New Orleans, where she's lived for the past decade. Hi, Ricky Lee. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Pretty good. You're still in New Orleans? Yeah. Last time we spoke was about your amazing memoir, Last Chance Texaco. So it's good to to be able to talk about music. But before we do that, is there another volume of that memoir on the way? Ah, well, we keep talking about um, talking about one. So I hope there will be soon. But at this moment, I've only been talking about uh, the tour and. And the tour and the records haven't shifted to anything else. <laughs> There's a couple of there the are stu- a lot of other stories. That's true. <laughs> I can well, gee, I can well imagine. Given the book, it was a fantastic book to read, and uh, so congratulations on that. But we're not here to talk about that. No, it did get a great re- reception. Of course, there are a couple of Australian connections. Last time in interviews, you mentioned that you'd done a version of Friday on My Mind. So that's one. And of course, you would have heard that uh, Harry Styles performed Horses with Daryl Braithwaite last week in Sydney, wouldn't you? I did. I heard, I saw him perform it by himself and then saw that Daryl had found his way to the <laughs> stage as well. <laughs> Take it easy, um, Yeah. I hope you, I hope you get royalties for that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I don't think I get many royalties for all that hubbub <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> so um, your new album is called Pieces of Treasure, and I guess the title is self-explanatory, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, one second. Knock it off, Johnny. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> My dog is whining at her toys. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, pirates, and then many years go by, and then, oh, look, here are little pieces of treasure still, something like that. (laughs) Well, they are pieces of treasure, and I'll talk about those in a moment, but it reunites you with Russ Titleman, who co-produced your 1980 debut, and pirates. How did that come about? I mean... Well, I decided I wanted to work with um, a producer again that is not ha- not do any job but a singing job. And um, 
But there aren't very many producers, let's face it. There's a lot of people who, you know, can record stuff and play stuff. But the magic of creating an environment where an artist hits her highest point, his or her highest points, there just aren't very many of them. It's kind of a selfless job. And you'll notice a lot of producers promote themselves even more than the artists. So there's a lot of characters out there. I'll just start with that because I'm feeling a little negative today. But um, so I was thinking, you know, about Russ and um, we had a lunch. And at the lunch, he he said, I really think it's time for you to do a jazz record. I want to do a jazz record with you. And I sat on that egg for a little while and thought, well, I don't know. I, I might like to do my own stuff now but he was so adamant and i thought well we can do a jazz record pretty fast bam bam and we made the list and we did do the record really fast but it turned out so beautiful and in the course of making the record something shifted in me and in spite of having trouble getting some of the venues i wanted because the the promoters in jazz just <laughs> you know there's still this ludicrous, might I say white, but this ludicrous jazz watchtower. And I have been uninvited <laughs> all my life. And they're still there. So we were not able to get on a whole bunch of jazz um, um, festivals. And that was really how I planned to start the tour. Just going to lay it all out there today. So, um, so in spite of that being so difficult, when I put that record on and listen to it, it's got all the magic and confidence of a debut record. It's like, here I am, I'm brand new, and this is what I have to say. So I can't help but hope that uh, in a short time, the people who do business will uh, book me. And so there. <laughs> I, I find that unbelievable that you would Isn't be it, It's just unbelievable, but it's the truth. It's... There are a lot of, you know, people in between me or an artist in the stage. And um, they set the tone for um, whether or not you work, how you work, how people think of you in your work. It, it would make an interesting book if 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 you could write it and keep working. <laughs> but you, it's you, just impossible. You called it the jazz watchtower. We call it the jazz, call them the jazz police over here. Yeah, it's, that's what people usually call them, but who are they? The way you wear your hat The way you sip your tea The memory of all that No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile just beams The way you sing the way you haunt my dreams, yeah They can't take that away from me We might never, never meet again On the bumpy road of love But I'll always, always keep the memory of The way you hold your knife the way we dance till three The way you change 
great album. I was talking to Robin Ford about that last year and he loves that album because he played nylon oh, string acoustic guitar on it. And he, we had a long chat just about that album. He, he, he oh, enjoyed playing on it so much. He was so good on that. Uh, the producer was David was oh, yeah. uh, the quiet partner of was not was. And he, he said, I want to put Robin on an instrument that he's not used to playing because that will give him, and I just thought, wow, that's, I w- that will give him an edge. He, he won't be so confident and he'll do something. And he was totally right, I think, do something different than he does with his electric guitar. And you did a few jazz classics or classics on that album, but you know, you had, it was pretty broad spectrum of songs, but on this you've, you've chosen some of the great writers in American music history, haven't you? Yes, we have. Well, what I did on Pop Pop, also David's idea was to put this Argentinian accordion on it, which gives it a particular flavor that, of course, is going to evoke a culture as much as, you know, the song. So, and that was wonderful. I went down to Argentina. They liked that record a lot. But, um, and then at the last minute, I put Coming Back to Me on it. And, and some other things because they were beautiful songs but who can say if um, if that's the right thing to do but it's right for me so I just want to talk to you I won't do you no harm I just want to know about your different lives this here people I hear some of you have families living in cages tall and cold some just sit there and dust away past the age of old but is this true please let me talk to you I just want to know And the 
In this one, these songs, um, we went back with, you know, what came to the top seemed to be songs that have been, a lot of songs recorded by Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, and Dean Martin. We had a big um, <laughs> Nat King Cole, Dean Martin tribute. And, um, but that's just how it is, you know, back then all those popular singers sang the best songs. So if they did a great job and did a definitive version, which is the case with with most of them then that's what i have to contemplate when i do it not only do i like to sing it but how can i recreate it so that it's new nature boy nat king cole which i learned from my dad but uh, and and i'd only heard nat once or twice so i didn't really feel worried about his version but um all the way, Frank Sinatra, all in the game, that 1950s hit, how are you ever gonna rescue that song from AM radio oblivion or all the all the ways that I wanted to help people hear how beautiful, you know, I was doing a interview yesterday and the journalist said, and I like her, she's a friend, but she said, all in the game, like, why'd you do that? That's just like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, I did it because it's the story that everyone has felt of people waiting for their lover to come back, who may not come back. But in this lyric, the lyricist supposes that he will return and he'll touch your fingertips. And you had words with him and your future is looking dim. I mean, the, the words are so deep. And I thought, somehow this is, people have missed what a beautiful and sad song this. I know Van Morrison did mm. a wild and wonderful version of it that he segued into, you know, you know what they're writing about. And I, I always liked it a lot, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So many a tear has to fall. But it's all in the game All in the wonderful game We know as love You had words with him And your future is looking dim But these things Your hearts can rise Once in a while he will call, but it's all in the game. 
I found my way into, I didn't really know here's that rainy day, and um, Russ sent it. I, I maybe heard a line or two, but I learned that over a period of two or three months, playing it every day, singing along with Frank, and finding a way in because he's such a great singer, you know, you have to be really careful when you use him as a teacher or you'll be singing like him. But I think the mystical and wonderful thing that happened when I got into the studio and met the players who were so kind was that some other character began to come out entirely not the one that was there when I practiced, not the one that was there a week before, some other funny, sensual attitude that was able to command those songs. I feel really lucky because it was a great, it was a great week, you know. Mm. saved those leftover dreams funny here's that rainy day here's that rainy day they told me about I laughed at the thought that it might turn out this way And where is that worn out wish that I threw aside After it brought my love so You've said that the album is as much about being human, the viewer surviving, which means aging and loving relentlessly, as it is about anything. Is that That's right. what you wanted? Yes. That is what it's about. It's about n never giving up on love and, and fiercely loving. So you get tossed and turned in the washer and dryer of romance and you come out uh, singing, you know, you come out singing. Well, there's an authenticity here, and you can hear it from the very first song, it, which features Mike Manieri on vibraphone, where it sounds like it's been recorded in the 40s. You can hear that noise. It's like, it was was it recorded to tape? It sounds like it's recorded to tape. You hear that tape noise in the, in the yeah. background. Yeah, well, it was recorded to tape, probably an analog, and um, maybe Manieri... Uh, you know, that's a good question. I can't answer it. I could pretend like I could, but I don't know why. 
<laughs> well, you hear it elsewhere as well. It sounds like these are, wow, this could have come out, you know, like 60 years ago or something. It's it's uh, It's got that real authentic sound, which I guess is what you're aiming for when you went into the studio. Maybe it had to, you know, we we went to Sear Sound with this very expensive engineer the week of recording, and maybe he's the guy who, you know, I was just out there singing. I I let myself uh, lose up all other jobs and knowledge, and and uh, so maybe he did something. That's a good question for us, but I don't know. <laughs> fantastic musicians playing on the album as you can tell when you hear it can you describe the recording setup how, was it recorded mainly live or how was it done in the studio what, sure what was the well i'm in a booth to protect me in case they do perfectly and i don't or vice versa and then the drummer's in a booth and the rest of the people are in a room together uh, separated by some baffling so the guitarist i could see the pianist I could see, and he had, we have to see each other because they get their cues from me if I'm slowing down or what I'm doing. So all people can see me, but they're, um, but they're protected. Yeah. Where's the bass player? He's over by the, by the drummer. And he's all, also got a good view of me. He was the outstanding find, not to diminish anybody else, but David Wong was, oh my God, what a, you know, sometimes when you have the absolute right bass player, it's as if they're singing with you. He is really, really remarkable. So obviously the voice is unique. What did you, when you went in to record the songs, what did you want to bring to the songs? Because as you mentioned, they've been recorded a lot and they are standards, I suppose. What did you want to bring to it? Um, part of yourself or what was your vision when you went into the studio for the songs? Yeah. The the simplest thing would to deliver a great vocal, um, so that it can stand next to anybody else's and and um, and hopefully speak to some people that that might you know might not relate so much to the many men who recorded it or women that that just to do a good job, but but also to make an album that that shows that 
I've always been a jazz singer, not that I have anything to prove, but that says, here's what I do most naturally and um, and in, and enjoy it, I guess, you know. But I feel like what happened was something deeper, deeper water, you know. Um, what I hoped absolutely happened <laughs> so well that I that I have a kind of um, it's almost like the book, you know, once the book was over, I felt relieved of a great weight and I felt kind of new. Once this record was finished, again, I felt relieved of a great weight, a long time coming, this record. And um, and it's really beautiful. So I write kind of odd music and um, that's just the way it is. I can write regular songs but i i my natural way is to turn left and turn right and make a bridge here and so it's less likely in my estimation that um that very many people are going to gather around my work whereas they might gather around a record that i yeah so i don't know if this is what you're asking but but when it was over we went yeah i think we've made a record for all time for the times i think it's People are going to like this record. So that that's how it seems. strange enchanted boy they say he wandered very far well you've said that the song just in time you mentioned that is like Dean Martin might have been with his sweetheart but and yeah. Dean Martin I always think Dean Martin was a really underrated singer he just he was just had a fantastic voice didn't he he's kind of like the Diana Ross of jazz <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, Diana and Dean, Diana has an incredible command, an amazing range, but there's something that you don't notice her range because she does it so so effortlessly. But um, yeah, in the Italian-American community, he was, at least in the, the New Jerseyites, he was favored over, 
over Frank of all things. So I got to know him better in the, his music better in the 80s. He was so funny and full of love and maybe didn't take himself as seriously as some other people. So people quite loved um, his offhand way of, of singing a song. The one thing I know about Dean is that I think he was a real family man. He mm. had that wife, Joanne, that he just adored, his son who who died, and it and the, seemed to take the heart out of him. But he was like a rock star, you know, for it. He was like Harry Styles. <laughs> <And the laughs> girls were under the window uh, hollering at him. So, uh, you know, he's he had quite a life, quite a career. Just in time You found me just in time Before you came Things were running low Oh, I was lost The losing dice were tossed My bridges all Then I met you And now you're here And now I know just where I'm going No more doubt or fear I found my way Love came just in time You found me just in time taken us back to an era where there were singers and there were songwriters and they didn't yeah. mix before right. before every singer decided they had to be a songwriter yeah. <laughs> was that kind of well, liberating to be able to go into the studio and sing someone else's songs and not have to worry about you know the, the that's exactly what it is that's exactly what i wanted to do you know i'd been producing my records for a long time and dealing with almost exclusively large groups of men and and sometimes nice men and often good players but you still got a bunch of personality and what i'd like to just be doing is planning how i'll what i'll play how i'll sing and um and you can't do that when you have too many hats on it's a ranger or the you know and hiring everybody and blah 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 so I went, I, I'm done doing this. I don't need to do this anymore. I, I can do it, but it's not my greatest. <laughs> it's not what I'm greatest at. I, I want to produce here and I just want to walk in and sing and go home. Mm. That's what I want to do. And I want to stand on a stage and not have to play the guitar and not have to play the piano, open up my arms and sing to all the world. That's what I want to do before I'm gone. And uh, that's what I tried to set up. So when you go out on tour, who are you taking with you? Well, we're looking at that list now, so I, I don't know yet. I think I'm going to take the drummer that played on the record. That much I, I know so far, but I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of people, so I can't say for sure. Right. 
you mentioned Harry Styles and we we're talking about songwriting. And it seemed to me, and I don't like to sound like, you know, an old fogey, but it sounded to me like the songs were written by a machine. Well, I'm going to confess that I don't know Harry Styles' work. You know, I saw him sing the horses and went, ah, that kind of, he did a nice version. And that's as far as it goes. Um, so I don't know what he does. Somebody said to me that he sings, that he's like a crooner. But I'm listening to you and you're going, no, he's not a crooner. So, so I don't know what he does, but he he uh, he did a nice job with the horses. I mean, I can see, yeah, I can see why people like like him and everything. I don't, you know, but you know, you think these are songs that have lasted more than fifty years, all of them. So you wonder if you know that's the secret of the. It must come down to this great songwriting and these uh, people is either writing as individuals or in teams. You know, they're, they're just great songs, aren't they? I wonder, though, you know, I agree with you. And yet, you know, the sensibility of young people today and and it keeps changing every 10 years, but they like a sound in the voice that I find abhorrent. You know, they like the sound of the metally tuning machine Mm. and it's there in so many things in TV, film and record. And um, and I said to my daughter, don't you hear that sound? And she said, I do. I like it. I was like, okay. That was a long time ago. But um, but I thought, well, they're just, they're the machine generation, as far as I can tell. And they like machines and they like the sounds of machines. They like to work with machines. And that's their tool for communication. And we can't relate to that. We were quite the opposite. We were, get the machine out of the way. I want to touch you and look at you while I sing to you. And... But I respect that that's their experience. That's what they like. I don't know about Harry. <laughs> I don't know where he fits in there. He's a good-looking guy, though, so he'll probably have a long career. Grab your coat and get your hat. Leave your worries by the doorstep. Just direct your feet. To the sunny side of the street Can you hear that pitter pat? That happy too is your step Life so sweet On the sunny side of the street I used to walk in the shade With my blues on parade But I'm not afraid This rover crossed over Maybe I'll never have a sin I'm rich as Rockefeller Gold dust at my feet On the sunny side of the street Do you hope that your album will bring people to these songs who might have missed them? Maybe a younger generation, particularly if you get to play the music at some festivals. Yeah. 
I hope that I get to play in front of people who don't know who I am. That's a way for them to hear me do these songs. And almost always, if they like my performance, they go look up other people's performances. Uh, that's what I hear from fans anyway. Um, so that would be good. They can just buy my record. That would be <laughs> That'd be nice too. Listen, thanks for asking yeah. about the horses. I know it's a, it's, it's a funny thing how famous that song is and how not famous I am there. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, you know, and I was when I first went to Australia, there was somebody said, you're like the Beatles down there. Um, sometimes I think only recently I thought, now it's time for David to go. Here's who wrote the song. And because um, sometimes it seems like when you're famous or I don't mean to keep making everything about men and women, so I won't. But, <laughs> but it's important now to be generous and say, uh, and, and you know, you got a lot of glory out there <laughs> singing that song. So just shift a little. So maybe when I come down there and play, people go, oh, that's Ricky Lee Jones who wrote that song that drives me crazy. <laughs> Let's go see her. It's well, so it was so fantastic, though, wasn't it? What I mean, you've probably seen it before, but watching the stadium uh, at Harry Styles, that you go, "That's the way it's gonna be!" <laughs> yelling that song at him, I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Well, I wish Walker yeah. were alive so that he could, you know, see what happened to the song. Yeah, Walter Becker. Walter Becker. And yeah. he was the guy who said, well, you should change the key of the chorus. And I was like, oh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I went ahead and did it. And uh, so that's why it's, it's Walter in my song. Yeah. Well, it's practically our national anthem now. I think you guys should just go ahead and put it to a referendum. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks Thank so you. much. Bye. Way up high Where the cold wind blows Or in the sun Laughing, having fun With all the people that you know and if the situation should keep us separated, you know the world won't fall apart. And you will free the beautiful bird that's caught inside your heart. Can't you hear her? Oh, she cries so loud. Cast her wild notes over water and cloud. That's the way it's Till you go, 
Jones and probably her best known song Horses, although maybe her version of it, which was recorded for the album Pirates, is not the best known version. As we were talking to Ricky Lee in our interview, we talked about uh, Daryl Braithwaite's version and also the fact that he performed it with Harry Styles on Harry's recent Australian tour. We also were talking to Ricky Lee about the album Pieces of Treasure and we heard tracks from it including On the Sunny Side of the Street, Just in Time and Nature Boy, There'll Never Be Another You, Here's That Rainy Day, It's All in the Game, as well as They Can't Take That Away From Me. And we also heard Ricky Lee teamed up with Robin Ford on acoustic nylon string guitar, Up From the Skies from the album Pop Pop, that's the Jimi Hendrix composition. You've been listening to The Rhythms Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Ricky Lee Jones and the music on her latest album. You can find out more about Rhythms Magazine if you go to the website rhythms.com.au. I'll talk to you on the next Rhythms Podcast. Podcast.